0: Yo, guys, this is John Lawson, aka Colder Ice, and I am about to tell you and share with you, and I guess Ryan, and the whole world of speakers, exactly what you need to do to help you be a better speaker and monetize your content. Are you ready? Listen now. Here we go. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast, brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Folland.
1: All right, everybody, you are back, and I am here with John Lawson. Now, John has a fun story because he got a path to speaking, which you might not think is a path to speaking. (laughs) and That's sometimes the greatest path. So John Lawson, how are you doing today, sir? Super fantastic, man. Now now if you were ice, how cold would you be? I'd be the coldest. The cold like like colder ice than
0: anyone else. Yes, my ice is definitely colder than the guys next door.
1: <laughs> my ice is cooler than the, no, I'm not gonna go there. Um <laughs> Well, it just so happens that uh, you're a cool guy and your company is Cooler Ice Media. And I am really excited to meet you, get to know you, learn your tips and then learn how you are actually monetizing this message, which I'm excited to dig more into. So tell us how it started. How did you
0: become a speaker? Well, I mean, (laughs) it was kind of, yeah, I was just thinking about that, you know, it, it was kind of. I've always wanted to be a speaker. Okay, I always knew I was pretty good at speaking in public. So that's one thing. How it actually, how it came to Flourishing was I had helped a organization. They were trying to find a place to do their next event. I said, you should do it in Atlanta because I live in Atlanta. I could help you with the groundwork and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Right. So uh, I did all that really because I figured they would let me speak. You know, they would give me a slot. And uh, when the time came, the guy was like, hey, John, thanks for all your work. You really helped us a lot. And I would like to, you know, have you
1: pass out the tickets or something, bellboy. <laughs> well,
0: not quite. That would have really been bad. But okay. it was it was host a panel discussion. Right. You'd be the host.
1: Yeah, so that you have you have like 30 minutes, and each person makes an intro of three minutes each, and you have a chance to ask one question, and then by the end of it, nobody's gotten real value, and you look like somebody who couldn't control a bunch of people trying to speak at the same time.
0: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, and who are you? Because they're all the experts, you're right. just there doing the questioning. Right, right, okay. Right, so they had to set it up, and I got all the people up on stage and everything, and I said, we're going to get to you guys in just a minute. I got these five slides I
1: want to tell you about. <laughs> no, you didn't. That is that is the best <laughs> intro ever.
0: <laughs> and uh, so I did this bootleg speech, and there happened to be a guy in the room, and his friend, he ran out in the hallway and said, man, you need to listen to this guy. And from that, literally, I was invited to do a keynote, and it's just been a pretty wicked ride since then.
1: <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories, and honestly, <laughs> that's probably one of the funniest. Like I'm trying to contain myself. I do a lot of hosting and emceeing, and I talk about people getting their like. Why not host? Like it's a great way to start. Before I was not feeling the host position. Before I get into this, uh, these amazing panelists, <laughs> let me step you through my five slides.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Wow. Well, that just goes to show you that the path to the stage is not always the most direct. And then when you're on stage, uh, you still have a chance to own your own destiny at that point.
0: Pretty much. You know, I mean, one of the things I will give you a little bit of background on that, just thinking about it. But I had already inside of their group had done some very educational posting and sharing. So it was already in their brain that, you know, John is pretty good at doing that, but they had never seen me speak. So that's kind of why it was like, well, let's just give him this and see how he does. So well, I'll tell you what, from a perspective of your
1: voice, it has a nice melodic, deep, rich, entertaining, soulful vibe to it. So wow. you've got a, you've got a voice for radio and those are all specific words that sort of triggered. Like some people are a sommelier, And I just know if if wine is is white or red. (laughs) Mm. But when it comes to things like voices and tonal inflection, I'm a total geek when it comes to that. And you've got a powerful tool in your throat there, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate
0: that. I need to take care of it. That's all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got the raspiness. I'm sure a a couple of your favorite drinks wouldn't hurt, right? It might just add a little bit more, (laughs) a little more jazz to it. Okay. So I love that as a beginning story. And- Do you remember, you know, your first miserable public speaking experience? Did you have one of those? Was there a classic moment in your youth or in high school or something where things just went wrong?
0: Nah, never. (laughs) That's what I'd like to hear. (laughs) You know, I mean, in, in all, I mean, of course we've had, you know, jokes that might fall flat or an event that just didn't go the way you want. Or most of the times, you know, we're the audience you think you're going to be in front of, you know, 600 people and seven people show up. (laughs) Those things happen all the time. But I think for me, um, nah, anytime I was able, and I mean from a little kid, anytime I was able to take the stage, I was ready.
1: Awesome. So taking the stage when you had the stage time and making your own stage time, that was where it started. But, you know, where did this colder ice come from? And what is it that you're doing now with (laughs) your ability to speak and take the stage?
0: Say what is it doing with the ability now? Say it again.
1: No, like what? Where, where are you at now? I mean, I'm assuming you being a host didn't just—that was a oh. long time ago. So, like that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So bring us up to the medium route. So you took that and you got your next gig and you just started running with it, right?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, you know, and and started building the cachet of he is the expert in this subject matter, and so I mean, pretty much it's e-commerce. Okay, e-commerce. Right. Right. And so for people that don't know, that's like, you know, selling stuff on the Internet. OK.
1: <laughs> and I take it you had at least some success. So you're speaking from a sense of authority in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started my own company and that's not the Colder Ice Media, but I've got a, a shoestring company. I sell shoelaces on the Web now. But I mean, I started uh, in 2001 selling anything I could find on eBay. And, uh, you know, grew that into a business, left my corporate job in 2004, you know, like three years later and never looked back. And so it's out of that experience around 2009 that I started speaking and start teaching and training others. And then you're teaching and training them
1: to basically be masters of the e-commerce environment. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. I mean, that would be the beginning of when I started doing it. You know, I would talk to other sellers and give them tips and tricks on how to emulate some of the success that I had. I mean, today I'm kind of, you know, I'm more of an industry expert, so I get to speak in front of massive audiences a lot of times at user conferences and things like that where they kind of... Bring me on as a keynote who's gonna do some visionary kind of stuff about where we're going in this Amazon laden society, how that's gonna affect all of us in e-commerce, what's going on with AI and and chatbots and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at now. But I mean, definitely it was the people-to-people kind of thing at the beginning.
1: Very cool. It's an interesting path that you've had, and I love that it started just from a selling position and then communicating how you're selling. And now you're communicating to a room full of people trying to sell where the markets are going. Like that's a pretty hockey stick trajectory for stealing some stage time, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is. It's like you know, okay, now you're the guy that the corporations come to and ask, "Well, what's going on?" I'm like, really? You know, the stock guys come over and ask me, you know, where's the, where do you see this thing going? And and that's kind of cool, where you just have your understanding be valued by others. Now, would
1: you say that you've invested into a personal brand or is it that you just are top of mind or is it just that you've spent so much time as the person in that position? What do you attribute to that inbound marketing of people just reaching out to you?
0: I definitely think that is all personal brand. Okay. I mean, from day one, I was a personal brand before it was cool. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, there's people right now that sell personal branding courses. I couldn't even find a personal branding book at the time. I didn't know what it was. Right. But I mean, there's right. So now we've kind of, but but it's always been there. I mean, Zig Ziglar talked about it. I mean, it's it's been there all the time. But it was always related to being a salesperson. Right. And being right, you would have to. Yeah. The the sales skills. No, I was, I was just gonna mean, say you had to. Yeah, you have to have those salesperson skills. And part of that was being a good personal brand. I love
1: that you, you are a big fan of the brand before it was popular. And it is getting popular. It's People are realizing that they have to stand out in this noise, especially when it comes to trying to fight for that spot on the stage. Um, I think a lot of speakers are running into that problem where, they're looking just like the next person or there's not enough social proof to, uh, to elevate them so that somebody's contacting them.
0: Absolutely. Trust me, I do not need another social media speaker. <laughs> there's plenty of them.
1: Yeah, right. You
0: know, so you're going to have to bring it in a different way. I've always kind of figured that it's always part of it is the package it comes in, not necessarily the message. You can have the best message in the world, but if the packaging's not right, they're not going to be as interested. I dig that. So let's transition into
1: what would be your tips. Like if you were to put together your epic piece of content, that's your legacy when it comes to the top three speaking tips that you learned, your Zig Ziglar red book, you know, the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Not to put any pressure on you or anything, right? (laughs) You know, I think top of mind, man, is if you can speak from experience, that trumps a lot of other things. Right. So if it's not just, maybe it doesn't have to be your experience, but if you can speak somebody else's story from their experience and you bring people in, that's going to teach and and make you stand out in other people's minds as a speaker. If you can put yourself in these people's shoes and take them through a story where they're gonna be emotionally attached to that issue or that that struggle that you're going through, that's going to make you stand out, right? So that's going to require authenticity. It's going to require you to have some kind of knowledge and understanding of your subject matter, and then bring it with your own personality. There, that's three. <laughs>
1: good. Well, let's, that's awesome. Now <laughs> that,
0: that was good. That was good. I mean, you were
1: like, now you can be not only the little red book, but you can like, I don't know, you can make a keychain out of that. That's solid, right there. There you go. Or, bumper sticker at least, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's
1: let's you let's know? dissect that a little bit. Let's get into it. One thing that sure, uh, let's first talk about this experience. And there are books of thought and people who claim that there's 10,000 hours to be a true expert and understand. There's other people that say being an expert is just being a little bit more knowledgeable than the people around you or in a, in an area. What are your thoughts when it comes to experience? I mean, what would that definition be? Because, granted, you could take a course on something. You could spend 12 hours on a binge Netflix documentary search and (laughs) become pretty knowledgeable about certain things. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Well,
0: I think, okay. Remember we talked about the messaging and the packaging, right? Yeah, the message
1: in the bottle.
0: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. So you can, the deal is you can be an authority if you speak like one. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. And what I mean is absolutely that if you want to teach third grade English, you just have to have read the chapter before everybody else <laughs> that you're teaching. Right. I, I mean, that's the, that's the absolute truth, right? But if you get up there and you speak as though, I really don't know what I'm talking about, but I read the book last night and I'm going to teach it to you guys, that's that's going to fall flat but if you get up there and say i am the expert and i know i'm the expert cuz i know you only read the chapter 3 <laughs> i know that and you speak with that authority about what's going to happen in chapter 4 and you're able to answer you know their questions and concerns or at least be able to dif- uh, we, we, you know kind of like i will take what that offline
1: Yeah, deflect right
0: yeah exactly the one, we can take that offline. Meet me at the book table right after this.
1: <laughs> you know, it reminds me of the adage that it's not only what you say, it's how you say it. And this how is a very totally. authoritative, not in a bad way, but in a confident, I guess.
0: Right. Right. I just told you that confidently. And I just made that up. <laughs> I just made that up. I know. Up. That was good. So what's interesting
1: about this is that it's kind of, a, it's maybe like an Achilles heel for most people because when they get in front of other people, they get nervous. And that nervousness, even if they own the material, they're already through chapter seven, but their nerves kick in and then they just turn into somebody who knows what they're saying, but the delivery, the how, the package is just crumbled on the floor, blowing in the wind.
0: Look, we all we all get nervous. At least I I haven't met anybody that, tells me they never get nervous. I think right? at yeah. some level, do you get nervous? Yeah, absolutely. I have a I have a move for it too. Like I
1: I obviously, I have high energy. Okay. I'm a ginger and uh, my red hair and freckles are like super powered little nitro boost to my system. And so I'm already pretty excited. And then when I get up on stage, like every time that reality hits, it's like, oh crap, here we go. The adrenaline starts going and, uh, when I was in college, mm-hmm. I used to do handstands, uh, before I was, uh, I accidentally found theater as a crazy form of communication, but not musical stuff, more like nitty gritty. And I would do a handstand for like, as long as I could before I would go out on stage and it just get all my blood going crazy. And like, it would release that energy. So I do this pre-stage sway, whether right. it's like Bruce Lee karate moves or like wiggling as funky as I can and shaking every limb out. And I actually like process the energy before I go on stage so that it's not built up when I am on stage. That's what I do.
0: Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. So you got to have your pre up. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that you might go through, that routine, that ritual, have that. And I mean, part of mine is I just take and I can just bundle all of that nervous energy up and then spit it right back out of them. At them with just like energy and excitement, and that's where it all comes from. It was all my nerves beforehand.
1: Were you? What was your sport? What's your? uh, I'm I'm sure you're an athlete. You sound like a strong man. What was your sport?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was. I used to play football. Okay, that's a long time. That was when I was a kid. Man, come on. Right, but
1: but imagine when you're training on the track field and you're you're teed up for your whatever. What's the what's the short sprint that you guys get timed on that we reference? Like the
0: hundred yard dash, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I bet you just like, imagine you have this built up energy. You're right there, like all this anxiety. And like, you know, some people may stretch it out and like shake it out. But I just see you as like the first person on the blocks or whatever, just like, (laughs) you know, like it's like coming out of the gate fast. And then you get ahead and you've got that momentum and you probably build off that.
0: Yes, yes. And you build off your audience. And if they're missing it, then you're just going to have to build them up to where you need them to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Some people, you know,
1: you'll hear banter like, Oh, that audience didn't get it. Or oh, I, that's just, ah, oh, things weren't going right. I always say the re- that the audience is a reflection of you and they're not always like understanding that. So you've got to bring them to where you want them to be. And it takes some people a while in that process. So I like that concept of bringing people with you, whether they want to go with you or
0: not. Right. Yeah. I mean, because if you're expecting People to give back to you all the time. You'll be in some place. I mean, look, I speak around the world, and I know if I'm going to Asia, I'm not going to get the same kind of response that you get in America. They're different. Just they're they're culturally different. They're not going to laugh at your jokes and applaud and do all the things that a a U.S. audience would do. Right. That's just not the nature of them as a people you know? Yeah. So what do you do then? Do you stop what you're doing? You knew that joke before, why is nobody laughing? You know, right. all of these kind of little things, you can't totally depend on the audience to respond the way you want them to respond.
1: Wise words, sir. Okay, so we're, we're breaking down this concept of experience. And you're talking about when you speak with authority about the experience, you could be on chapter three when everyone else is on chapter two. Right. But you, you also can just have just a sheer amount of life experience in a certain avenue or business like you, for example, and then know it so much that you still go out there and own it to the audience. And that helps to build you as top of mind when it comes to the authority who has the experience.
0: Yeah. I think here's the one thing is I think we underestimate our own self-worth. Okay. You know, and I'm not say, I'm just saying people in general. Right. So I'll talk to somebody. And I'm like, man, that's some good stuff. Have you ever wrote a book about it? Or have you ever done a blog post about it? It's like, oh, no, everybody knows. I'm like, no, huh. everybody doesn't know that. You know that. And, and there's, there's, there's people out there that don't know what you know. You can always be somebody else's teacher.
1: Yeah, I dig it. And that should be inspiration for people that might be selling items on eBay or on Etsy or some other you know, something that's very far from the stage, right? Anything behind a computer is pretty much far from the stage. And so it's inspiring, I think, for people to give themselves a little bit of credit. I think it also goes back to limiting beliefs, right? And if you right. don't even give yourself the chance to think through it, then it's not its not going to be there.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay.
1: Cool. So we, we broke down this concept of experience. Now I want to dissect the next thing that you said, which had to do with stories But more particularly, stories about experiences that might not have gone right. Mm. This whole vulnerability concept. Because here we just talked about, go out there and freaking own it. And like raw, right? Like Mm. 100-yard dash sprint, say it like you know it, even if you read it last night. But I think that also snags people if they maybe come across as inauthentic. And so my question to you is the importance of stories when it comes to telling stories that don't make you look so good or the stories that a lot of people hide because maybe it wasn't the most pleasurable experience, but in your, your keychain of advice, you were like, be authentic. So I'm curious just yes. to know your insights on that.
0: Yeah. I'll give it to you from my old experience with e uh, e-commerce. I used to have all these people that were, you know, like on eBay or Amazon after you buy a product, you can leave a review. Okay. And There were people that were obsessed with having 100% positive feedback. And I remember the day that I had my feedback. Somebody had a negative experience, posted it. I could not get them to remove it. No matter what I did, you know, turn cartwheels, they would not remove it. And so I had to live with this bad negative review. I've had thousands of positives. And this one negative moved me from 100% to 99%. And that 1% difference, that 1%, I always thought was going to make me not as good as the other people that were 100%. And what ended up happening is that 1% made me 10 times better than everybody else. Because I don't care who you are, even your own mother who gave birth to you, is not 100% happy with you. So when they see this perfected story, inauthenticity screams at them because we know nothing. Look, even the earth wobbles. It's not a perfect circle. There's nothing perfect in our universe except your story. And guess what? Suddenly I don't believe it. Wow. So there has to be struggle. If there's no Darth Vader, who cares about Luke Skywalker? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's coming up soon. You know? Oh, my goodness. You got to have that. There has to be that struggle that you have overcome or that, you know, and it doesn't have to be that deep in there, but there has to be some portion where I can feel like you are human just like me. Now, this is, I think, one
1: of the best piece of advice that I've heard in the way that you delivered it, because you set it up with something that was your own personal story. You brought in everyone's mom and you had a crescendo (laughs) to like this power punch point with the even cliche that 1% made me 10 times better. It's like, damn. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're killing it today, boy. I'm this telling you. This is great. good. Let's let's
1: let's build on this. <laughs> now, here's another uh riff on that. What about the difference between storytelling that are that's authentic about your true self and connecting with people and then self-deprecation, right? Cuz mm. making fun of yourself. I think people sometimes confuse the two and it could go one way or the other. What what is your thought on that?
0: Yeah, that's good too because you can't be Overly open sometimes. I think I've had that happen before. I can't remember the exact feeling that I had on stage when I was like, oops, I think I went too far. It's <laughs> you know? like, okay, gotta reel it back in, reel it back in. Right. But right. but no, I mean you do you there are limits to certain things that you just don't want to reveal. Everything, it's kind of weird. I think everything about me has at least in social or on online, there is a percentage of, of that that is a persona. The guy that's on stage is not necessarily the guy that you would go out to dinner with every night. Yeah. You know, you'd go out to dinner with him that night because he just got off stage and I know what to, you know, I, I'm in that mode. But I mean, with my kids at home, I'm not that same guy all the time. So, all that to bring it back to, you know, the self deprecating humor, as I'm just good at self deprecating humor, <laughs> you know, I mean, because I know it sets other people at ease.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that that's the thread that it sounds like is getting your audience at ease. And if they feel connected with you, then they're more at ease. Right. Especially culturally, right? When you're talking about being a speaker worldwide, this same principle concept of storytelling that has elements of self-deprecation for the purpose of getting people to lower their guards, right?
0: Right. Here's the thing. If you think about it, man, if you go back to talk about us as human beings, individuals, there was always a storyteller in our midst, right? Yeah. So they would sit around in our, you know, pre-cave days or our cave days, and somebody- would be the storyteller around that fire that night. And then there's somebody that's like, oh, I can't wait till Uncle so-and-so tells this story at Christmas time. You know, we just, in we innately will sit and listen to a good storyteller. And if you can become a good storyteller, people will listen to you. And I talked about Zig Ziglar at the beginning, you know, cause that's, that's my guy, man. I used to listen to him all the time when I was young. And and he always told stories. He was such a great storyteller, you know? And, and people learn, we learn best with stories. That's why Jack and Jill went up the hill. Dick and Jane ran. And they would tell, we would, we would teach through stories. If you can teach through a story, people are going to get it. And if you can make them laugh, they're going to remember you.
1: Wow, that's pretty much, uh the entertainment business meets education and <laughs> some sprinkles of empowerment on uh, destiny's Island with Tony Robbins or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait. While we are selling pans to everybody on the Island, straight Zig style. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to, you got to go for it. For
1: anybody who has not read Zig Ziglar or listened to his plethora of just gold nugget knowledge, his Southern swang of going door to door and, and selling pots to people
0: is it's epic, right? Epic, you know? And I mean, the, the, what's so great is I used to have to, <laughs> I'm aging myself now, but I used to have to go out to the library and check it out, yeah. you know, just to listen to these. Cause I couldn't afford these tapes. Right. And now you can get them, you know, they're all on YouTube free. Go listen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't attach ourselves to some of the great speakers of our time. And they're all out there on the internet. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. But it's also crazy that there is so much information. You get the Paradox of Choice, which is another good book, by the way. Mm. And you just sort of seem to look at everything or get a bunch of courses, but never finish them.
0: Well, that's a good point.
1: One of the things that I try to weave into most of my the, the stories that I can tell at the end of the day is that successful people are not doing things that everybody else cannot do. Successful people are doing things that everyone can do, mm-hmm. but not everyone does. Right, And it's just, that's why I get excited about the type of advice that anybody can pick up and they can listen to and implement because it doesn't cost anything. There's no, da- there's no software to download, right? You might have to do a handstand if you're trying to copy my move of doing a handstand. But other than that, like for the most part, these tips that you've given on your keychain of advice. Which, by the way, the book that you're going to write is going to be called like the Little Red Keychain, and it's going to be a throwback to to Zig. And you could probably have it printed on a little tiny book and have it in a keychain. It could be like a little tiny pocket book for speaking tips for people who don't think they're speakers. Bam. I'm ready. <laughs> and if you need to illustrate it, I'll draw stick figures for you. You're going to draw the stick. Man, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a stick figure drawer. That's one of the things that I do. You didn't Oh, okay. I didn't know. Maybe the stick figures haven't reached your side of the universe yet, but they're out there somewhere.
0: Oh, I'm <laughs> going to go find them as soon as we get off of here.
1: Awesome. Okay, so the timing couldn't be better because I want to talk not about stick figures, but I want to talk about how you can turn... Whatever stick figure you're drawing on stage and manipulate those lines into dollar signs. Yeah. And what kind of experience can you speak from that would be valuable to people who are experts, but maybe are not sought out by companies to speak at large conferences in front of thousands
0: of people? Right. Well. So, here's the thing. Break it down. Is that? I, yeah. I mean, I met I meet so many speakers on the road. Right. Yeah, And then you'll be like, um, so how do I hire you today? And they're like, well, let's set up a call. And I was like, no, what if I want to <laughs> hire you to di- right now? Right. How can I hire you? All right. So if you don't have an answer to that question, you're going to, it's going to be impossible for you to really be successful and turn this into dollar zone. So the first thing you've got to have is your thought of a sales funnel. Okay. Right. Yeah. So if you you need to be able to take people's money as soon as they're ready to give it to you, whether that be in a book form, whether that be in a training class, if you can come and set up some consulting, all of that. You want to start just thinking about that right now, because it's the back end that's going to really keep you in this business. If you think that people are going to pay you thousands of dollars to be on stage in 2018, 19, 20, it's just, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. It's getting harder and harder because there's more and more people that are selling this dream that being a speaker is the be all and end all and you're gonna be just rich because you're speaking. No, <laughs> right. the speaking is the top of the funnel. Right. That's totally the top of the funnel. So you need to have all the other back end ready. For people who are about- some to- dreams right there. <laughs> Hey,
1: you are colder than ice, my friend. That's right. <laughs> he's as cold as ice. He's got That's right. I've heard of. He's got the hardcore advice that will pop your bubble. But it's better to know that going into it. Yeah.
0: Look, here is truth. I'm going to give some more truth. Let's do it. If you think writing a book's going to do it, <laughs> <laughs> I know so many broke authors. It's sad. You know. Yeah. Trust me, all of that, the book, the speaking, all of that is top of funnel. Those are just your business cards. That's getting people aware of your business and wanting to do business with you.
1: Okay, good. I was just going to say, for the people that are wanting to go to Ace Hardware after this and go buy a funnel. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Right? I mean, so when you say that, like, I'm thinking, yeah, top of the funnel. I know exactly what that is. But maybe elaborate a little bit more because that's a piece of nugget knowledge it's like giving the gold miners the machinery to mine the gold. right? So what is the basic ideal funnel for a speaker right. that would get you comfortable when you ask them that magic question, how can I hire you now? They give you an answer and you're like, dude, I love that answer. That's, that's what I was looking for. High five. You're on the way.
0: Okay. So I think the best thing you want to do is start thinking about what you can sell on the back end how if you're teaching me something what i need to know after you teach me that is how to implement it so what you get up there and you tell people here's what you should do your product is here's how you do it i like that right that's real cuz that's what you're going to do and i and i think that's what a lot of speakers let's put it like this i want to say it like this speakers that are in business do too much of they start teaching them how to do it. You just need to teach them what to do. And they'll come to you and ask you how to do it. And that's when you say, you know what? I got a training course. We're about to start eight weeks right now and it's X amount. That's great for you. Oh, you can't afford that? Here's my book. You know, it's only $25 and you can go through that and then give me a call if you get stuck.
1: Yeah. And then pack them into the next eight week course once you're done.
0: Heck yeah. They're going to come. Because you've already demonstrated that you are the expert. So telling
1: them how to do it versus what to do. If you tell them... Huge,
0: huge difference.
1: Okay, so so clarify this again. You want to tell them how to do it or what to do first. What do you want to speak from the stage? What to do. So you
0: tell them what to do. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I've told you this. this call right now, this interview right now, I've told you everything that you need to do. I haven't told you how to do it. Right. I just told you, right? Yeah. The, how do how do I get an eight week course together?
1: <laughs> so in in the book that I'm going to illustrate and you're going to write, that's on a little red keychain. I can envision okay. now. In the very end, we're just going to tell people everything like what they need to do, and then at the end, it'll be like, if you want to find out how, <laughs> click
0: here. Or I mean, it, no, and it's it's not, and it's not because I don't want it to feel like it's a game, right? Well, you know, I'm not really trying to game people. But the thing is, is that's the information they want first. See, that's the information they want first is what to do. What I, I'm, I'm doing you go to the doctor. Huh, I, I don't feel good, sir. What do I do? OK, well, here's what you do. But see, here's but people. Look, if you are overweight and you go to the doctor and you say, I don't feel well, I'm losing breath all the time. And what do I do? He's going to tell you that you need to probably eat better and you're not going to really want to hear the diet plan. Right. Right. You're not going to really want to hear that, but you just want to know what it is. As soon as I tell you, you're a little overweight, you need to lose some weight. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You're, you're satisfied until the next time. And you're like, dude, I've tried. How do I do what you're, I want the result. I want the result now. I've tried what you told me to do on my own, and I just can't do it. How can you help me get there faster, better than if I try to do it myself? And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help people to get the result that they need faster and better without having to go through all the learning steps that I had to go through to learn this stuff. The reason why I'm the expert is because I've done it all. I've done everything I'm telling you about. I've already done. how I know how to do it. I can save you a lot of time doing it, but I can tell you exactly what you need to do. And you can go out. Google's free. Google it. Everything I tell you, Google it. You can get it done. Trust me. It would just take you maybe seven years like it took me. Right. Or we can work together and we can get your result in six weeks.
1: All right. So here it is.
0: Am I selling you?
1: Yeah, I'm sold and I, I'm, I'm sold, but I'm one step <laughs> further. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to brand this thing. So you got the the John Lawson WWHH. Okay. That's the want, what, how, help. You're good. Now. Yeah. And then maybe next time I have a chance to steal some stage time, I'm going to have uh, my five slides are going to be the want like basically identifying that this is what you want yeah. and I'm going to tell you what you need to do slide two and then slide three, I'm going to say, this is how I can. And then slide four is going to be help you the action. And then my last slide will be the call to action top of the funnel that, that will basically move people to the next spot. That is the Mm. ladies and gentlemen, the John Lawson, WWHHS. Because <laughs> we had to do a sale maybe at the end. I don't know. Dude. Hashtag WWHH. If you're listening out there and you want to hit up uh, John Lawson and myself, why don't you tweet us and just say either a big fan of or want to give a shout out to the hashtag WWHH? I don't know. Is this a method or a theory? What is this?
0: Uh, this this has to be a method. I like methods.
1: Okay. All right. All right. This is good. This is the hashtag WWHH method born here. So shoot us, shoot us a tweet. And, uh, I guarantee that I will retweet and John, I'm sure you
0: will. John, how do people find you on Twitter? Colder ice, one word, C-O-L-D-E-R-I-C-E. Okay. You can find me everywhere. Just pull that in Google and you will find me.
1: Hashtag colder ice. That's it. Have you been using the hashtag colder ice?
0: I've Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I'm just, you know, I am that, so I don't have
1: to ask. Right, right. You know? No, that's cool. I, I hash my Ginger MC, and so my new business cards, actually, that's all it has. is just a hashtag Ginger MC. See? And remember back in the library days? Yes. Okay, you would find a book because they'd send you to the Dewey Decimal System little card project, right? Yes, yes. The hashtag is a modern Dewey Decimal System, and just helping people find my information faster.
0: You just gave me such a great idea.
1: Good. Let's put it in the little blue book, which will be the second release. In the little blue book, <laughs> which is the
0: second to follow up to the red one. Yeah, yeah. Because you need the series. Yes, yes, yes. You
1: know what they do say about books? They say, you know, your first book is important, but your second book is way more important. Because if you're just a one, one-stop one shop, that's no bueno.
0: yeah. I agree.
1: Hey, John, I want to know about the colder ice. Where did this come from? What was the inspiration? Really? I mean, you're selling shoelaces online right now, okay? Oh, gosh. Is it because you're so cool? Like, I can see that.
0: No, but it's a very good, it's an American history lesson.
1: Okay, tell me. We we still have a little bit of time here. I want to know. Sounds like story time.
0: Okay, great. So here's the deal. Um, Back in segregation, Jim Crow era of America, There was an entire ecosystem that was dedicated just to African-Americans because they couldn't stay at the white hotel. They had to have their own hotel. Couldn't ride the white cab. You had to have your own cab. Couldn't go to the white store to get the shoe shine. You had to go to the black store and get it. Everything was segregated. So that means there was an entire uh, uh, economy. That was a black economy. Right. The day that segregation was over and integration was the new thing, black shop owners would sit out and look at their customers, walk past their store to go downtown to shop at the stores that they never could shop at before. And there was a saying among those black store owners that, oh, I guess the white man's ice is colder. And that's where I got colder ice from. Wow. Because when I was getting started, I wanted people to, I didn't want people to think that I didn't have the wisdom that I had based on the packaging it came in. I was like, cold or ice, boom. And it was just, I don't know. That's where it came from. That is
1: rad. Like, I, I think it's so, <laughs> I think it's such a cool throwback and what it just goes to show like the story behind the story behind the story. And it's just so, it's so compelling. Like I've got goosebumps now because you just, you bring back, uh, you know, these emotions of just things that are important to remember and how far we've come, but how far we have to go. So yeah. You know, awesome to to include that. And I think that it just also speaks a little bit to the value of mystique, right? To where mm, you know right. I see so many people that it's a conversation starter. Yeah. Like the WW I'm sorry, wait, wait, W W H H, right? W W H H yeah. method. And uh <laughs> Somebody probably already jumped on the uh, the domain by now and and grabbed it, right? But uh, that's okay. Good, that's okay. We'll do double double. We'll do and then they can't grab us. <laughs>
0: exactly. You know, there's so many now, aren't there?
1: Hey, well, I have to tell you, John, this has been just a delightful conversation. And I am excited to have this be the first dot uh, in a series of dots that eventually becomes a line, which hopefully becomes a relationship to some extent, even if it's online or just getting to know more about what you have going on, because we're going to write this book together and then we have a new method. So it's like, it makes sense.
0: (laughs) It makes sense. It's we're, we're on to something brand new.
1: Awesome. And that's the trick. That's the name of the game is to to create newness in what you're doing, because nobody wants another social media speaker. So figure out what within social media you want to speak on, get that experience, find the authority. And if you're nervous, spit that out at the audience in the first 10 seconds, and then they'll be spitting back at you by the end of it, right?
0: <laughs> You've got a mind that's like a trap. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, like I said, I, uh, I enjoy the, the verbal sounds. Uh, I also enjoy the wine. I just can't tell you what wine is, what, but I can, I can tell you that something happens with sounds in my brain and it excites me enough to make it what I do every single day.
0: I so appreciate your time. And it was like the best interview ever. Sweet.
1: And uh, I'm going to hashtag and share that and uh, look forward to buddy. All right. Let's get out of here. You guys, whoever's listening, get on with your day or jump to the next podcast or go do something. And guess what? Worst case, John says, Google it. (laughs) Adios, everybody. See you, John.
0: Later.